Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. So happy that it's Friday. I bet you are too. I'm also happy to have rejoining me after our yesterday yesterday's conversation. A lot of news to discuss in 24 hours time. So Jessica McBride is returning from Wisconsin right now to uh, discuss. Well, we'll we'll talk about the special counsel report and then we'll talk a little bit about SCOTUS as well. Good morning, Jessica. How are you? Good morning. I'm tired because I was up very late reading the 388-page special counsel report into Joe Biden. So you all don't have to. Right. So I could take come on one here for the team. The cliff notes. Yes. Yeah, take one for the team. But it, I mean, it was actually extremely disturbing reading. Well, so well, well, start with I, that. I, and I know. I mean, we exchanged messages uh, last night and and talked briefly. But uh, I guess I'm. I'm more cynical about all of this, perhaps, than you are. I know, I, I think, I, I mean, I we both hope that something uh, will change as a result of this. But, I mean, weren't you surprised that he, that, I don't know, he called a press conference, but he went on live TV and really essentially just confirmed what the report said in, in how he behaved and reacted to the reporters when they asked him questions last night. Well, the fact that they scrambled to put him on TV when he, he is when it's such a, a big risk to do so, I think underscores for you how damaging this report is. And, you know, they know this and they were desperate to put him on TV and shore him up and trot him out there and show people he, you know, he's not completely out of it. Unfortunately, he then made several gaffes. And like you just said, he sort of proved the point that he's pretty much out of it. Now, the bottom line of the special counsel's report is this. They found evidence that he willfully possessed and retained, didn't return, and disclosed classified information, including, and this is really important, it's a big distinction between this case and the Trump case, including when he was a private citizen, right? So he supposedly, well, I guess I, I should say it's actually proven. I mean, the, he disclosed classified information, for example, to a ghostwriter. So there was this guy who would go to his house and, and he was writing a book with Biden. And Biden had these notebooks that had classified information in them. And according to the special counsel's report, he would read the classified information passages verbatim. So he was disclosing classified information to this ghostwriter. At one point, he told the ghostwriter, oh, I found classified information, you know, downstairs in my house at, at, a, at a point in time when he legally was not allowed to keep it there. So so this is what the special counsel's report found. So like step one in the report is it is it found he willfully did this, right? He had the classified information. He should have known better. You know, he's he's been getting briefings on classified information and what it is for 50 years, et cetera, et cetera. But then the special counsel said, however, I'm not going to charge him with the crime. And here's where it really got just bizarre. Essentially, he said the main reason that he's not charging with crime is because Biden is too out of it to convince a jury that he didn't just forget that he did this, basically, <laughs> that he is so cognitively impaired that his memory is so bad, that he's basically so out of it that he can't be held criminally culpable and no jury would convict him. And there's this shocking quote in the report where the special counsel says, well, you know, I believe a jury would probably find that he's a well-meaning old man 
with a poor memory. And so probably they'd let him off. You know, they, they might believe, for example, that he just, he just forgot that he took classified information and had it in his garage in a dilapidated box next to a dog crate. I mean, that's actually what the special counsel's report says. So we're supposed to believe, we're supposed to believe that this man can be the leader of the free world, but he's not even mentally fit enough to be criminally culpable for his own actions. I mean, that's what this report says. And I think that is so jaw-dropping. That is so jaw I mean, this is coming from a special counsel chosen by his own attorney general, right? And his attorney general had to sign off on this decision. So it's really Biden's DOJ that is saying he is too out of it to be criminally charged for behavior that they admit was willfully done. They use that word in the report, willfully, willfully possessed and revealed or disclosed classified information. So how, as a country, do we allow this to continue? I mean, how, how do we possibly allow this to continue? I mean, forget about whether or not Biden should still run for re-election. Let, let's talk about whether he should be president right now. We have obviously very serious conflicts going on throughout the world. And meanwhile, Tucker Carlson did this interview with Vladimir Putin that he put on X, millions and millions and millions of viewers. And Putin apparently is talking about, you know, centuries-old Russian history and world history at some extraordinarily high cognitive level. And we have a president who, according to this report, doesn't even remember when he was vice president. He doesn't remember like what he had for said, breakfast, probably. Yeah, I mean, it actually said he doesn't remember when his son died, and he doesn't remember when he was vice president. I mean, that is documented in this report. So how do we as a country, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, something else, how do we allow, how do we, how does anyone support this man continuing as president versus invoking the 25th Amendment or him just stepping down for the country's good? Now, I understand Democrats don't want Kamala Harris, so this is their worst nightmare. I think they picked her because of identity politics. Uh, not because of merit or qualifications, and now they're kind of trapped. They're stuck with her, but, you know, at some point you have to do what's best for the country. Or do you? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the the big question, is that if, if the Democrats wanted to do what was best for this country, Joe Biden should never have been the nominee to begin with. And, you know, so, I mean, ultimately, we... What this special counsel report revealed is what we knew all along. I guess it's sort of, it's terribly disturbing to see it in print and to have those on, well, presumably on Joe Biden's side, uh, actually say it out loud or put it in print. And, you know, I, I, have to, I have to wonder, I have not looked yet to see how much cover the mainstream media is doing for him at this point. I mean, I, I, I presume there are some that are still making excuses for him. And, you know, that I, 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 I suppose there will be weak-minded individuals that will continue to believe whatever the narrative is. They'll believe whatever, you know, whatever Joe Biden was trying to sputter out last night during this uh you know, this on live television in a press conference in which, I mean, he was combative with reporters and just, I mean, it, it, it really is, you have to almost pity this guy at this point. Right. So, so on MSNBC, you know, it's hack, um, morning Joe or whatever, Joe oh, Scarborough, yeah. you yeah. know, so here's his spin. 
Yeah, he was he was trying to say to try to get Biden out of this. He was trying to say, how dare the special counsel mention his age and cognitive abilities in this report? He exonerated him, didn't criminally charge him, and then took a political hit job on him by by throwing in these extraneous comments about his memory and his age. No, actually, you know, morning Joe, he put the age and memory stuff in because that is the reason by and large, that he gave for not criminally charging Biden. Like, that's literally why he let him off the hook. Significant so relevance. This, yeah, so I guess in this country now, if you are sort of out of it cognitively, I guess you can go commit crimes because you don't remember that you did it. I mean, is that, like, really the message here? It's absolutely bizarre. And there are plenty of other examples where other politicians or political figures receive different treatment. Obviously, Donald Trump in the documents case. But what about David Petraeus? I was thinking of that. So he was criminally convicted because he shared classified information. Obviously, it was a woman he was having an affair with, but she was writing a book on him. And he gave her classified information for this book she was writing about him. He was criminally convicted because of that. He was the director of the CIA when this was going on. Well, I'll, I'll repeat the special counsel's report states and documents that Joe Biden was giving classified information to a ghostwriter, to a ghostwriter who did not have clearance to get it. Like, how is that different? I guess the difference is Joe Biden's too out of it to remember he did it. I mean, literally, that's what this report says. It is so jaw-dropping. Now, the other way that the media are trying to spin it to sort of give cover for him, because they're all covering it, they can't not, like, it's too damning, is that they're basically trying to, to frame it like, oh, Republicans are, are, are raising hay over this report, or, you know, got, Republicans concerned about reports findings or something. Like, in other words, they're trying to frame it like a political debate. It's just part of our political discourse, just part of our divisive politics in this country. But you know what? This is not a partisan question. <laughs> when you have a man who is the commander-in-chief of this country, and he doesn't even remember when he was vice president, and this is no longer a partisan talking point. See, that's the thing. Yeah, we all knew this. We can see videos where he's, you know, saying he talked to Francois Mitterrand and stuff, who died in 1996, or Helmut Kohl, who died in 2017. We all see that, but it does get boiled down as a partisan talking point. Now you have this special counsel report that's saying it, you know, that's documenting it, and you're getting the stamp of approval from Biden's own DOJ on this report. That's the difference. It makes it impossible, I think really honestly impossible, for the media to ignore. Now, Tony Evers, Mark Pocan, who's a Wisconsin Democrat congressman, and Senator Tammy Baldwin immediately trotted out, though, last night, defending Biden. Oh, of course, and so Evers, naturally. Yeah, Evers' line was something like, well, when I've talked to him, he seems sharp. Oh, okay, oh, okay, Tony, so when you had your ice cream with Biden in lacrosse for, you know, 20 minutes. He seemed lucid, so he's getting so his nothing ice cream. To see here. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing to see here. I mean, at some point, Democrats have to put country over over party. And I say this as somebody who thinks, in a way, conservatives would benefit if Biden doesn't resign, if he limps along, prop him up as the nominee. Great, like Trump will, Trump will probably defeat him. You know. 
So, so maybe it would benefit Republicans if he sticks around, but that's not good for the country. If you read this report, it, there's just no other conclusion, but that that would not be good for this country. And so you have to wonder, at what point does a principled Democrat stand up and say that he's, he's got to resign? This is not good for this country. And if one does, I think there's going to be a, a domino effect and they'll all fall, so to speak. But I don't know if there is such a person. Like, who is that one principled Democrat with enough stature, you know, to say it? You know, Hillary or Obama, someone of that stature needs to come out and, and say it. It's that bad. Like, I'm actually not being hyperbolic here, and I'm not exaggerating. The report is really that bad. So I know that you just published on WisconsinRightNow.com 21 shocking findings about Joe Biden in this classified documents report. And, you know, let's let's again remind our listeners that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, possessing classified documents was sort of the beginning of the witch hunt against former President Donald Trump. And to make the argument that Joe Biden isn't going to be charged for those cl- the possession of those classified documents because he's not with it or he's too old or whatever whatever they're you know whatever they're using um how can they how can they say that uh, about Joe Biden who's the president of the United States and then and then with a straight face uh, make these claims against former president Donald Trump i mean the whole thing yeah. is unraveling against uh, yeah. against Trump yeah, I, I think this is a fatal blow to the documents case. And that was the one everyone said, well, that's the strongest one, right? right? That was what everyone said. Now, the special counsel tried to make a distinction. He said, oh, well, Trump obstructed justice. Like, he refused to give him back, but Biden cooperated. Well, actually, like, there's a point in the report where the special counsel says Biden refused to answer questions. There were several questions. That's in our list of 21 shocking things that Biden refused to answer. Okay, number two, there was another point where he gave what the special counsel deemed to be a non-credible answer. He actually tried to claim that classified information isn't really classified information. It was just this completely disingenuous, you know, thing. And the the special counsel literally wrote, like, I find this statement to be non-credible. Also, Biden's ghostwriter admitted deleting audio interviews with Biden that he did for this book. And he had, he admitted that he deleted the audio files after he learned there was a special counsel investigation into Biden and classified information. So they were able to go in with computer experts and recover a lot of it, but they weren't able to recover all of it. So they considered charging him with obstruction of justice. But one reason they didn't is because they said, Oh, he gave us transcripts of the deleted audio. Oh, okay, so we're supposed to just believe that those are accurate when some of the audio was deleted and is still missing? And then I'll remind you that Trump wasn't the only person charged in the documents case, right? There was his his um, attache who got charged for moving boxes around and stuff like that, too. I, I think this is a fatal blow to the documents case. I think it should be. I think it's selective prosecution if it's not dismissed immediately. I wonder if they know that, which is why that trial date was recently postponed. I mean, the Biden administration knew this report was coming. Of course, of course. They knew for a lot more time than, you know, than 
than yesterday. That's for sure. And, I, you know, I keep thinking about, I, I mean, over and over, I keep thinking about if Joe Biden is incapable of remembering that he had classified documents relating to Afghanistan, of all things, then if, if he, if the defense is that he's incapable of remembering certain details about something as, as important as this, then how can they justify him remaining president of the United States? And how can they, how can his campaign justify him running uh, for re-election? I mean, if he's this bad now, imagine what he's going to be a year from now, six months from now. I mean, who, right, I mean right. What, what, what is his mental condition going to be, uh, whatever, in January of 2025? I mean, we, we obviously don't want, we don't care because we don't want him to prevail. But that has to be running, uh, I, I certainly hope it's running through the minds of voters, of Democrat voters, that would, out of hatred for Trump, would actually vote for someone who's completely, despite his protests in that press conference last night, who's completely unqualified. I mean, he made this wild claim that he's the most, Biden made this wild claim that he's the most qualified person to be president in the United States. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it just goes back to the point. The Democrats know all this. But they're ruthless enough, apparently, oh, yeah. to disregard it. I mean, again, we'll see. This report is so damning. Like, we'll see if there's a principal Democrat that stands up and then, you know, it starts this domino effect. There may be someone who says, OK, you know, he's not going to be the nominee. So maybe he needs to step down now, get people used to the idea of President Harris. I don't know. Oh. I mean, there's got to be people in their Democratic identity politics obsessed, you know, uh, factions who are, are starting to say, wait, why don't you want Kamala Harris to be president of the Democratic Party? Um, she's a black Indian woman. Are you racist? Are you sexist? Like, when does that drumbeat start? Right. Oh, because yes, they clearly well, don't want It's a double Kamala. standard, Jessica. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, we were going back and forth about if, if indeed the cackling hyena, uh, Kami Harris is actually actually becomes president. Then we were questioning who is the vice president, and you, you've determined that the the president actually appoints somebody. Is that how that works? Right, right. It, we were looking into would it be the Speaker of the House? Wouldn't that be funny? Or who would it be? And then I found an Associated Press article that broke it all down and said that the president picks a new vice president. Like the new president picks a new vice president, right. you know. So, so who's that going to be? I mean, and that's I, yeah, I don't know. Gavin Newsom. Right. I mean, Mister Sleazebag from California. Yeah, the white I male. I don't know. The uh, the young white male that uh, the Democrats seem to fall all over themselves to hate on a daily basis. That's that's who's going to be the uh, well the presumptive nominee because I mean honestly, again, you know, and I I guess I'm just so cynical. That you know, when we were exchanging messages, I mean, I you know, I I understand, and you took the time to read this. How many page report again? Three hundred and eighty-eight. Three hundred and eighty-eight. I was up page. very late. Yeah, I was up yeah. very late doing it. Well, and I, I mean, you took the time to do that, and obviously, it's very eye-opening. And I mean, that's probably an understatement. But to 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 realize that this is the 
so-called commander-in-chief in, in the United States. I mean, we're, and juxtapose all of the, that all this went down yesterday, and then he's, he's, on, he's live in a press conference, which I didn't see. I certainly didn't see it live, wasn't even aware of it until off, uh, after it already happened. But, I mean, I was riveted to the TV watching this interview between Tucker and Vladimir Putin. And I mean, look at the contrast. And and that's that's the other part that's so, I don't know, egregious in all of this is that, I mean, there, there's just no contest. Of course, our enemies like Vladimir Putin are are laughing at the United States of America and and looking at who is who's supposedly leading this country. I mean, and, and you know, Tucker was pretty I, I mean, he asked very direct questions of Vladimir Putin about conversations that he's had with Joe Biden. And there weren't very many of them. I mean, there weren't very many conversations that he's had with him in the in the past four years. But I mean, uh, to think that that someone with the uh, clearly and, you know, I'm I'm no Vladimir Putin lover or anything, but clearly he's. (laughs) significant his cognitive abilities are significantly above i mean you can't even compare the two men but i mean he he spent probably the first hour talking about russian history and i mean it was this you know it was a pretty big history lesson for a lot of people i mean he knows his russian history uh but i mean he's he's on a different intellectual plane than probably most united states politicians but there was a lot yeah. to unpack in that interview, and obviously, if you read the 388 page, I mean, I'd be impressed if you watched the the Putin interview. It was a, I believe, it was an two and a half hours, I think. But I mean, it was it was a long uh, conversation, and he's not the deranged warmonger that uh, those here in the United States would have us believe. I mean, that's sort of the interesting thing. I mean, the whole time I'm I'm kind of thinking, okay, so is he, I mean, he's former KGB, so, you know, maybe he's really that good. But it was an interesting, I, I guess I would be interested in hearing what, if, if, if indeed Tucker is going to, um, well, if he's going to break it down, if he's going to talk about it and give his opinion or his point of view. The only thing he did say at the beginning was he felt during the probably probably like the first hour when we were all getting our Russian history lesson from Vladimir Putin that uh, Tucker made it made it sound like they were kind of annoyed by how he seemed to be what they thought he was he was um, filibustering and and then he be, began to realize that Vladimir Putin has this this love of his so much love for his country that he's obviously spent a lot of time learning the history of his country. I mean, he went back well thousands of years to talk about uh, the history and, and, and really what uh, what what Russia means to him. And so it was it was a very obviously very eye opening. I, I would I would really like to have conversations with some of the people that I've talked with. Uh, in the past that have said, uh, you know, have, have, well, have said not not very flattering things about Putin and get their perspective now? Well, you know, I think there's value in understanding 
our enemies or key players on the world stage, even if they do odious things. There's a value in understanding them and trying to figure out their mindset. It, it gives us a strategic advantage, if nothing else, right? So the liberal media running around and trashing Tucker as some traitor or something because he dared to interview Vladimir Putin, I think, was, was ridiculous. Now, when you said, you know, they're all laughing at the United States because we have a president who doesn't even know when he was vice president, you're right. But I think it's even worse. Like, I think world powers and despots and people who are, are, who are our enemies are going to be trying to game this for strategic advantage. Yes. Like, they're going to take advantage they have. of this time. They have been. Right. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah, they already I mean, have been. How many right. conflicts are, are right. concurrently going on in this country right now? Compared to how many went on with Trump. Zero. Because people like Putin were either afraid of Trump or they respected him. I don't right. know which ones, but right. they certainly feared him once he droned that Iranian general that sent a big message to them all. And, and Trump, But Trump showed respect to Putin. He didn't back him in a corner so that Putin felt he had nothing to lose. You know, he sort of played Putin, if you want to know right, the truth. Right. And <laughs> I think that he did the same thing with, uh, oh, that little, that little Kim rocket Jong-un man. Kim yeah. Jong-un ill or whatever. Yeah, Kim right. Jong-un. Right. And, and yeah. I mean, oh, that, that's... his father's that's, name. Yes, that's one of uh, Trump's specialties is, is I mean, you know, the uh, the art of the deal. And, and I mean, I think... Well, anyway, so, hey, we are overdue for a news break. Are you up for continuing uh, sure. the conversation? Okay, so hold tight. Jessica McBride and I will return after this news break on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. <laughs> 